Hi guys, Assalamualaikum. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Chirp. This is actually the last episode of this season. We are now at 150 episodes in Happy Chirp and honestly I am surprised that I've made it this far because only I know how I have showed up and made every single podcast happen. I was pregnant when I started on this journey and then obviously I had the baby, then postpartum and there were times you know I just wanted to give up on doing any of this because it would just be so hard for me. I used to feel, you know, burnt out. I used to feel like I can't manage everything. But I'm so glad, you know, despite all the breaks that I had to take for the sake of my mental health and, you know, even physical well-being, um I always return to it. And you know, we've always been independent. I don't have a sponsor on anything, but I still continued and I still came back and I'm still surprised that I made it to 150 episodes. Um I'm honestly very grateful to you guys for coming in and tuning in all the time for having that faith in my platform and I'm also really grateful to all my guests who came because they took out their valuable time for my small podcast and you know decided that they have faith in it decided that it was worth their time and worth you know sharing their journey on so I think that for me is something that I feel grateful about. But anyway, today's guest is Manal Muffin. She is a Dubai content creator and influencer. She has always been a beauty influencer. She started a few years ago. And today I wanted to talk to her about that journey, what it's like to navigate as a Pakistani in Dubai through this industry. Um she had a lot of insights to share around that and she also started recently taking the hijab and I thought being a platform that is about women empowerment that is a very important topic that we should be discussing here so without any more delay here's Manal How are you? I'm good, Hamna. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming, making no out the time to do this. Thank you for having <laughs> me. I'm so happy to be here. So, Manal, I want to get to know you a little, right? Okay. So, I want to understand what your life was like as a child. Where were you born and raised? Okay. A bit about that. Okay, my name is Manal. Mm-hmm. For everyone, I'm a content creator mm-hmm. based here in Dubai, mm-hmm. mainly focusing on beauty. And I moved here. I'm basically from Lahore, Pakistan. And I was born in Lahore, but I moved here when I was seven. So okay. basically, I've grown up here. I have very few memories from Pakistan. And most of my life has been here. So I just know this as home. So it's like the third culture kid vibe. Because I'm just like everywhere. But I still consider UAE to be home because... Anywhere I go, I feel like coming back here because Dubai is that vibe. Um, so I grew up here, I studied here, lived with my family here the whole time. And it's been amazing living here, you know. I studied and so the key factor over here is I've dropped out of uni. I studied until high school and then a lot of things happened in life which made me drop out of uni. And then I accidentally became a content creator. And that has been like the whole journey and I'm very grateful. You know how people say everything in life happens for a reason. Like for example, our podcast kept getting delayed. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. Um, everything happens for a reason. 
and that's how I ended up becoming a content creator because there were some factors in life that happened which led me to this. Hmm. Do you want to talk about any of yeah, those factors? Yeah, of course. So, um, why did you drop out of university? Okay, so I had always this dream that I just want to go to uni. For some reason, it was like my biggest passion and I was so eager to. So as soon as I finished my AS levels, over here you can enter uni as soon as you do AS. Mm -hmm. So I finished AS and I'm applying for uni and I even deposited like the admission fees and whatever, like the first term fees over here in Dubai. And then I had a car a road accident. Okay. Yeah, and it was like a major one. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. so funny because I find it funny. I don't know. Maybe it's like my trauma. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, I was crossing the road with my mom, mm -hmm. and then this car he didn't see me, and he hit me, and it was like a major injury, like a brain injury. Okay. So that led me to the hospital for like twenty-five days. I was in the ICU, couldn't walk. And the healing took a while. So even though I was out of the hospital in like 21 days, because I was still young, this happened like uni days. I should have been in uni. I was 18. Hmm. So, but then I dropped out. So I couldn't continue because my healing needed a lot of time. Okay. I could walk easily in like, let's say a month because thanks to my mom and my dad, they really like helped me with this. But then the brain healing took a lot of time mm -hmm. so i used to have those i used to be so cranky i don't know what happened in my brain like chemistry fully went upside down i don't mm -hmm. know so i used to be angry moody um sometimes emotional because it was like a trauma in the brain because mm -hmm. there was some bleeding oh, okay but yeah. the doctor said that it was a miracle that i stayed alive yeah. because apparently maybe like 99% people don't. They get paralyzed or die. Yeah. But alhamdulillah, my brain, there was no clotting that happened. The blood kept flowing. Mm -hmm. And that's how I managed to survive. So, yeah, since I dropped out, I, because I had a lot of free time, all my friends were already in uni. So I was also depressed. I'm like, what am I even doing with my life? I'm so sad. And then I used to follow a lot of content creators like Huda Beauty, like I absolutely loved her back in 2017. And then there were a few creators from the US that I used to follow religiously. And then I was like, why don't I try doing what they do? And then I just literally took my iPhone, created a very basic tutorial like a teenage girl would, using my phone window, like natural sunlight, and I uploaded it, not thinking of anything. And obviously my uploaded parents... Uploaded this on, sorry, on Instagram? Yes, yes, okay. I uploaded. Back then that was like the yeah. main platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it went viral, kind of, because I had like 600 followers and then that video hit like 16,000, 18,000 views. I was so shocked. I'm like, why are people even watching this? But everyone appreciated me. My family supported me a lot because my parents were like, you know, do whatever you want. It's fine. As long as it's in like our values and it it's within limits. So... That's how my journey of in like content creation began. Mm -hmm. And that's how, so eventually I started doing it so like regularly and I was so consistent that the uni part kind of just like faded and I'm mm -hmm. like, this became a career. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I'm the main reason we go to uni is to earn and you know? Yeah. And I think I was doing so well in my content creation that I just totally forgot about university. Mm -hmm. And all my friends are basically some of them are still jobless so you know i'm like do was uni even worth it so alhamdulillah i'm very glad that whatever happened happened for a reason yeah okay so 
so content creation kind of happened you know accidentally yeah. quite literally, literally. <laughs> but um what was it that you wanted to be before okay mm. when i was young mm-hmm. i didn't really have like a big aspirational like mind i didn't i wasn't career oriented or mm-hmm. anything i didn't really have but at one point i was like i want to be a dentist mm-hmm. but literally as soon as i finished as i'm like i hate science so we're not doing dentistry at all but after dentistry i think i thought media because i applied for media in university so anything to do with public relations media public publications i i love writing like english language i really love it so i wanted to do something like magazine editor or something like that so th- these were like my options that i had in mind and i think accidentally Influ- like being an influencer content creator is kind of like that marketing and you know you do the magazine stuff too so i'm like i feel like i ended up going in the career that i actually liked yeah it's it, it is media it yeah. is mass communication yes. and media yeah. and it's digital media digital marketing yeah, yeah yeah makes sense okay and what about um your family so you know when you started doing content creation what was generally their view and what about your friends my family alhamdulillah i'm so blessed mm-hmm. both my parents and i have only one brother elder they've always been supportive they never really stopped me from anything mm-hmm. cuz i think my mom and my dad they've always created that friendly relationship in our family since childhood that i never felt the need to hide something from them mm-hmm. and they always like so i never felt scared to tell them what i want to do and i didn't even think there was anything wrong in this cuz i've always because before being an influencer i was kind of like a model too people used to use me to do their makeup looks so i think that's where the makeup love began too so my mom and my dad they were like yeah just go for it i mean they didn't even understand what it was back in 2017 cuz not a lot of people were doing it but they were like i mean just go for it uh, they didn't understand but eventually when i started growing and my mom especially my mom she would get so excited for every single video and literally she was kind of like my manager she would tell everyone go follow my daughter and even my dad he would see some of my followers they would go meet my dad and he'd be so happy so i feel like family was amazing friends some were a bit weird like kind of in a way um i would say they were kind of jealous but they didn't want to say it so you know i feel like a lot of friends just like repelled which is good you kind of filter well, as you succeed it kind of gets filtered so, but the good ones stayed and the supportive ones are still here with me so i'm glad yeah and i think this is for people who started really early got into content creation this is a theme for everyone yeah because when they got into it there was a lot of judgment also mm-hmm. like you know uh, what are you doing yeah. <laughs> like yeah. what is this why are you talking right. to the camera or like who do you think you are kind exactly. of right exactly But then you also kind of get successful in it so it's just like oh it's working yeah. and it's nice so and then they'll ask you for tips and yeah. be like can you give us a shout out and I'm like um no yeah. <laughs> you know at first you don't support me and yeah. judge me and you know now exactly. that everybody is doing it and it's a successful thing yeah i think um a lot of us have 
experienced yeah. and faced that but and now it's become such a normal thing exactly um everyone's doing it everyone's doing it everyone's yeah. a content creator everyone's an influencer and you know if they don't even have it as a career everybody has a personal brand now for so for sure. example if you're like a lawyer or a dentist mm-hmm. or a, um or a doctor or whatever yeah. like people are promoting themselves exactly to build that clientele yeah. and to show off or showcase their exactly you know personal brand mm-hmm. so it's it's a part of everyone's life now yeah it's like uh, the new way of marketing like the new newspaper or the new tv commercial but this is like more personal touch to it yeah so i think i think it's perfect i really love it sorry mm-hmm. okay so how has um you know do you think how has this industry sort of evolved over the years since 2017 up until now how do you think the industry has changed beyond the fact that we just discussed that everybody is doing it now yeah. what else do you think has happened i feel like it's become very saturated like because everyone's doing it so it's a bit hard to stand out in a way because since and also because i do beauty cre- uh, like beauty content everyone's favorite content to do is beauty like makeup and skincare tutorials and st- stuff like that so what i've noticed since 2017 it was really easy to go viral that time whatever you do even though it has to be like something unique about you it was still much easier and instagram was amazing back then i love instagram from that time i feel you i feel you girl <laughs> the algorithm everything, everything. yeah i mean ah the the platform i it's gone to shit it's it's a bit yeah, crazy yeah so i think that for sure but then um also i used to get a lot of shout outs from huda beauty the queen of makeup herself mm-hmm. and every time she would shout me out i would literally gain 10000 real followers active ones which was amazing and now if anyone like as big as her gives me a shout out it doesn't really matter yeah. no one follows you so i feel like a lot of saturation has happened the platform has changed a lot But now brands also tend to pay you yeah. because they understand your value. Bef- back then they would be like take this product, give us a review, mm. that's it. And even we didn't understand our value, so would do it. Yeah. But now it's like a proper career yeah. and with platforms like TikTok. Honestly, I love TikTok. Mm-hmm. Even though Instagram is like my favorite platform because that's where I grew. I feel like TikTok is also really good for growth. So, it's like you know you have to now it's like you have to focus on every single platform to grow do different things and you need to find that factor about you that will help you stand out and have a connection with your followers you have to keep following keeping up with trends back then you could do whatever and you know people will still watch now it's like new trend every single day so things like that yeah it's know. become really fast and mm-hmm. it's become really again like i think what you tried to say was that it's it's hard to get discovered yeah and sure. now But because from no new followers from new followers yeah, yeah. and uh, because it's like oh people are just going through the real stab and they exactly. don't really care right. who's there who's mm-hmm. not and they're maybe they're liking that post but they don't follow they you. don't follow you so that sense of community that existed on instagram before we've lost that yeah, now yeah yeah i feel that yeah i mean the followers that i already have they're still like family yeah. but the new ones it's just not the same because it's for you for them you're just like anybody else now yeah yeah exactly because there's just so many right <laughs> yeah right. and you know like obviously they haven't followed you from back then yes. they don't know the journey mm-hmm. so it's like you know 
not it's definitely not the same yeah and everyone's attention span has gone down including myself Mm -hmm. by the way spice like so much so no one's interested to watch your longer videos like vlogs on youtube don't do well or anything like that everyone wants like quick 15 second move sometimes 15 seconds is too long for them yeah (laughs) it's like (laughs) yeah yeah but but that's what makes everything so sort of fast and sort of like it lacks true substance right yeah and that's why that connection um, between an influencer Mm -hmm. and their follower doesn't exist anymore Anymore. because there's no depth it's like very surface level yes yeah so unless you're adding like so much value to the audience's like life it's very difficult to you know connect with them Mm -hmm. so now my main focus has always been like this to teach them something Mm -hmm. and until now i try to do that you know i just don't want to follow every single trend that's happening the only reason people have been following me is because i have taught them so that's kind of adding value to their life and i think if we continue to do that the right ones will follow and it should well yeah in the long run in the uh, long now run. i don't even care about numbers i think nobody does at no. this point because it's so random now mm-hmm. like who has big numbers and who has small numbers yeah. it just doesn't matter anymore no. yeah the engagement and the community feeling and like the connection that's what i feel is the most important the most important thing yeah, yeah. and and i think if anybody at this point is chasing numbers it's really not going to do anything no. in the long run so it's fine if you don't grow but like that fast but as long as you're growing in a way that you are continuing to create a connection with every person that comes in yeah right and that means it's going to be slow exactly (laughs) but that's something that you kind of have to accept exactly you know i believe in value driven Mm -hmm. content i believe in authenticity Mm -hmm. that's the most important thing Uh, it's more important than numbers yeah and i feel like it's very difficult i mean it's a gold mine if you can find a space between the two where mm-hmm. you can you know be like you know have your numbers go like yeah. that and remain authentic exactly. but it's not that easy mm-hmm. like because anything that has depth anything that has value everything that has like substance is going to take time take time yeah. yeah yeah it's not gonna happen overnight overnight yeah. yeah yeah okay so i also want to ask you why beauty um i honestly since a young age i used to think maybe i wasn't into like beauty like other girls mm-hmm. are you know makeup and stuff but then i realized i was actually such a girly girl i used to love it since childhood i used to like stand, this was back in pakistan so me and my aunts they were young my aunts are very young so we would stand in front of a mirror and do like a fashion show and <laughs> things like that i would yeah. wear my mom's dubatta and act like it's a sari <laughs> do a catwalk yeah. and then whatever makeup my mom had i would you know put it on um and even when i moved here when i got like good grades my mom gifted me a lipstick so you know it was things like this so i've always been into it mm-hmm. but then i became a model for like a face model for makeup artists and they used to use me as a canvas and i started loving it i'm like wow this is so good my face transforms and when they would do it i would learn what they're doing so that really got me into it i'm like and then i would ask them like what are you doing what's this so i learned i picked up a lot and then I, I was following all these creators on Instagram and YouTube. I used to love all these LA creators on mm-hmm. YouTube. I would watch their YouTube videos all the time, like Jaclyn Hill and all those mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And then I attended a masterclass by Huda Beauty. Okay. This happened in 2016, end of 2016. And this masterclass basically changed my life because I learned so much from like the queen herself. I loved it. And we got a big goodie bag 
which cost, which was like the worth was around like five thousand dollars. I'm not even kidding. Uh, so there was lots of makeup in there. So much makeup, uh, <laughs> yeah, things like that I've never seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's those were the products that I used in my first video as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how it just ended up, you know, because I really liked makeup, and then I would so with every tutorial I was getting better at it because I would learn and post. So I didn't care. I wasn't into perfection. Like I would see like all these girls doing beautiful looks, and my I didn't even know how to apply false lashes. But I think that was one of the main reasons I grew. I didn't care about perfection. I just posted. I didn't mm-hmm. care. Like if I used to get comments also like a few like what is she doing kind of. But I was just posting, yeah. and that ended up, you know, my makeup kept getting cleaner and smoother, and I kept learning. Yeah, so I think that that's also authenticity, yeah. right? Like whatever you are at that point, you were showing up as that. Exactly. Like you're not perfect, and that contributes to your journey, yes. like your growth. Yeah. And when people are watching that, they obviously have a connection, exactly. right? If you're perfect from the start. The connection isn't there, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, connection is always built over authenticity, authenticity. over, you know, something that's raw and mm-hmm. real. So, real. So it makes sense that, you know, you have a very authentic, uh, yeah. you know, vibe and you have a very close-knit community yes. with your followers. And I think yeah. I had this in mind when I was posting. Mm-hmm. I would always show up in the beginning of my video like looking super crusty, no makeup, <laughs> my hair is a mess. And by the end of the video, I've completely transformed. And people really loved it. They would be like, oh my God, I look like this exactly like this at home, you know? So they connected with that. Yeah, so there's relatability right. there. Yeah. yeah, and also like the reason I feel that um, beauty really works Uh, And the transformation really works because there's a hint or, you know, tinge of like storytelling in there. So how like from this to this and how that transformation happens. The steps in between. Yeah, the steps in between, the start, the end. And I think any form of storytelling, people love. People love it. Yeah. So it has that element into it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why beauty content, it's always been there. For sure. Like you can't take it out of this space. Um, And it like reigns supreme. You Mm -hmm. know, people love beauty content. You can have so many beauty content creators and they just keep coming. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I I think it has contributed to the evolution of makeup so much. For sure. You know, like I think for the longest time makeup was just the same. Yeah. And then came in beauty content and then it just kind of kept changing, like, kept changing, like yeah. evolution every time, like back in 2017, the eyebrows were the trend, the highlight, mm-hmm. the blinding highlight. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, now it's just like glass skin and glossy, <laughs> yeah. but I love it. I feel like every girl loves makeup and I think makeup is like really amazing. Like it's such an amazing tool to enhance your natural features. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a fan. I honestly love makeup. I don't know how some people can't like makeup because <laughs> I personally love it yeah and growing up what what do you think like did you and not I'm not just when I talk, when I say beauty I don't mean makeup yeah. so I want to understand what your relationship with beauty has always been like um what did you consider beautiful was beauty something that you know you know for some people beauty can be a very sensitive touchy topic especially growing up you know with beauty standards and everything so how was your relationship with beauty always and how is it now i feel like 
when we were younger, mm-hmm. especially coming from Desi background, mm-hmm. you know how it is with the different standards that, that they've set. Mm-hmm. I always faced one thing, which was for my curly hair. I have like super curly uh, hair. Okay. I had. So I used to hate it because everyone since childhood kind of made fun of it in a way, called it different names. And that subconsciously made me realize maybe this hair is not nice. So, you know, they would give me nicknames and whatever. Um, and then eventually when I grew up and reached a teenage age, I would beg my mom, please, I want to permanently straighten my hair. She'd be like, you have beautiful... My mom was the biggest reason I didn't do any of this. But you know those other relatives who are just like giving you names for no reason. <laughs> so um, my mom was like, no, you have beautiful hair, you're not touching them. And I used to be like, why wouldn't she let me? I wanted a keratin treatment, which wasn't even so advanced back then. It would end up make me like lose all my hair. But then I was still a rebel kind of. So I would just straighten my hair all the time. And back then I didn't even have a straightener. And I feel like some Desi girls can relate. I would put my hair on like the istri strand. Ah, yes. And put real istri on my hair. <laughs> oh my God. Because I was obsessed with having straight hair. Because I felt that's the beauty standard. And in my head I didn't even know these words. I was so young. Because I thought having straight hair means you're like more beautiful yeah. and stuff. But then, yeah, that lasted for a very long time. Until 2020, I got my hair finally straightened the way I wanted. And then I realized, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. What is this? And then I was I realized that this is kind of like subconsciously instilled into my head that you need to have straight hair to look pretty or civilized or whatever it is. But then eventually I stopped. Now I have... Alhamdulillah, like my hair, it's not curly anymore because of this excessive heat throughout those years. I've lost my curls Mm -hmm. completely heat damaged. But now I've stopped using heat and Mm -hmm. I just love my hair the way it is. It's wavy now, but we're good. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. You've accepted. I've accepted it. Like, you know, beauty is not just what we see on magazines or TV or movies, whatever. You are built the way, you know what? Like Allah always makes you perfect. It's just we have those things in our mind like oh i should get a nose job or i should do this this is because of the beauty standards mm-hmm. and i think you know we're all really beautiful in our unique ways like i had curly hair because it suited me that way you know i was meant for it but then you know we as humans were just never happy and then all these beauty standards subconsciously train us not to love ourselves mm-hmm. but eventually you know i've reached that point where i'm like you know what it's it's nice my hair is beautiful mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody has something, exactly. some kind of insecurity. For sure. Yeah. That and it's always because of the people around you. Because you personally, I've noticed, like, children are very confident. But it's our, like, people around us. Or sometimes some parents themselves, they make them hate themselves. Like, I mm-hmm. literally know pe- mothers who call their daughters, like, Kali. Yeah. And I'm like, that's your daughter. What, sh- what is she learning? Like, she's learning to hate herself, yeah. you know? And, and especially really- if it's coming from a parent. Exactly. They'll yeah. be like, mood whole punch bar. Literally, I've seen it. I'm like, what does that even mean? You know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But I, I feel like with mothers like us, if whenever, <laughs> uh, we can change this narrative. We can make our daughters or sons even, like, be confident in, themsel- in themselves. So if we make them that way, they're not going to take the other people's opinion. And they'll be like, like, I know I look good. Like, what are you even saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, you said that you moved to Dubai in when, when you were seven. seven. Yeah. It's basically like when you started understanding life. anything, life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you moved here. So, 
so uh, what do you feel like do you feel any connection to pakistan at all actually no i don't have good memories actually mm-hmm. even though the age before 7 is like that you know we were very Foundation. young you don't yeah. really okay, remember yeah. Yeah. but i still have memories because my dad has always been living here in dubai so i was with an absent parent vibe you mm-hmm. know so i always missed my father that was my childhood from 1 to 6 or 0 to 6 um so i don't have any good memories from that time because i was really close to my dad because when i was born my dad was there mm-hmm. so he stayed in pakistan for one year and then he got a job and he came so i do not miss pakistan because i feel like pakistan no dad i don't like it so yeah. my only dream was to be connected and be with my dad mm. and eventually when i was 7 it happened and i'm very happy that this <laughs> happened because yeah. you know i just Uh, it wasn't a nice period living alone without your dad it's just your mom you mm-hmm. know it's it's different yeah it's incomplete exactly yeah i understand and yeah. i feel like children actually take a lot of effect and it really affects them things like these like when they see all the chachu and everyone doing their own thing taking their other children out and you're like why where is my dad you know you have those questions so i think i was a very sensitive child in that aspect and it really affected me mhm okay um and did you ever go back do you go back yeah. often okay yeah we do cuz we have family okay. i don't have grandparents who are alive but uh i have like my mother's family and my dad's family back home so we do visit every now and then but it's not so often cuz everyone has their own life yeah, it's not course, so, yeah. yeah but We do. I recently went like two years ago. It was so much fun. The weather, um, Lahore weather, like this winter was so good. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite cold there Ooh. in the winters. Yeah, it which, was like six, seven degrees. I loved it so yeah, much. Yeah, which you don't get to experience here. here no. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, so a year ago you started doing the hijab. Yeah, and I think that's such a big. change and obviously i i personally think that's such a significant theme in your life um, sure. so i want to explore that with you um, why did you decide to do it and how has that journey been so far so i always had this in mind first of all growing up here you do see um, a lot of women always covering up in abayas mm-hmm. and like in school you have teachers and other children like because i used to go to an international school so you see Arab children and a lot of girls used to wear hijab since like young age. So I always had that and then eventually my mom also started wearing it. So I would see it all around me. And maybe in my head I always thought maybe I should start. So I had kept like a timeline in my head. Oh, I'll do it after I get married or I'll do it after I do something. Like you know things like that. But then last year beginning of 2023 I went for Umrah. That was my first ever time uh, first ever Umrah visit. And oh my god, it changed my whole life, I feel, because that was like the most spiritual journey I fa- felt, you know. I never felt this kind of a connection with my faith. Even though like I would say I was practicing, but the moment you see Kaaba for the first time, it's like, whoa, you know. So I had that moment and obviously during Umrah you kept keep your hijab on the whole time. Medina Mecca. I just didn't feel like taking it off afterwards. I'm like, I don't feel like taking it off. And while I was in Mecca, I was already archiving my old posts 
you know i just didn't i felt like you know you kind of feel disconnected to this world you feel everything so temporary mm-hmm. like why are we even here what's this race things like that yeah. so i was feeling all those emotions and every time i would go back to my hotel at night i would archive all my old posts i'm like what's the point you know why is everyone looking at me i don't like it mm-hmm. so eventually i came back i didn't take it off and i feel like it was a significant change cuz in my heart a little bit i was a bit scared cuz you know i'm doing beauty content how am i going to manage this cuz but then i kept praying during my umrah i was praying that um, you know i'm trying to make a change for allah of course so obviously he has his own plans and he'll help me through this so i think that kind of helped me mm-hmm. and it's been going great but obviously a lot of people don't talk about this but it comes in waves so at the time i was in makka my faith was at its highest mm-hmm. but eventually when you come back to your normal routine it kind of goes low so i had that phase too i felt like taking it off afterwards and i felt like such a hypocrite like what's happening and during that period i was really off off instagram cuz i didn't know what to do and a lot of people uh, were not really like audience kind of gets very critical of you like they're like mm, your one strand is showing you know like they get really it's like you put you're put under a microscope now everyone's looking every looking at every single action you do if you're wearing if you have long nails with nail paint on or you're wearing hijab and you're doing this so these things were kind of i'm like without hijab i never had these issues what's happening might as well take it off but then I talked to a lot of close people like I would speak to my mom mom I want to take it off I can't do it she's like mm. my mom never forced me into anything but then she was like think about it so I spoke to a lot of people and then eventually I was like praying further I was like to like a love like please help me I don't know what's happening I want to take it off cuz it's getting so hard but then recently this literally my mind switched again after seeing the palestinian women yeah i'm like bro like look at them they're dying every single day and they don't take off their hijabs and like they're sleeping with their hijab on because they don't want to die and anyone else sees their hair i was like my problem is nothing compared to them like i don't even have a problem it's just my followers or audience nitpicking it doesn't even matter at the end of the day my intention is to please allah I don't care about other people's responses or opinions, their advice. And then I made peace. And now I finally like embraced it completely. And that's why I started going on interviews and posting more regularly cuz in this period I was like I don't even know if I should continue posting. Should I And this is funny, no one knows this. I made a 4-minute video talking about why I'm taking off the hijab. I made that video without the hijab on and I was just giving reasons. Hey guys, so I'm just taking off my hijab. I couldn't do it anymore, blah blah. blah. But I never posted it. Thank God. <laughs> because I continued and I was stuck. I made my decision that, you know, this is it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it comes in waves and it's very sometimes it gets hard to like stick through and i remember my followers when i started wearing hijab they were like may allah keep you steadfast on your de- decision and i was like why are they saying this but now i understand it kind of you kind of feel like getting off of your path mm. but now it's good okay so can you tell me what are the reasons that makes one want to take it off it can be a lot okay. okay first of all i we live in a muslim country so this is fine it's very easy for me to 
you know, make this change because everyone around you celebrates when you wear the hijab, which is a blessing. Maybe in the European country, people are going to look at you like, what's happening? Although I had like a European coach who was kind of weird about it. Like, why are you forced? Like a, a lot of people asked me this. Are you getting forced to do it? I was right. like, um, no. But these were obviously like people who have that They impression. have these uh, yeah, assumptions. Yeah. yeah. So I obviously like tried to make them understand that it's my own personal decision. But... Um, so yeah, if you're in the European country or non-Muslim country or people around you are not really supportive of it, they're going to kind of give you those doubts like, are you forced? Why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Sometimes your own family members can be also like that. Um, other than that, I feel the other reason that made me want to take it off was my audience. Like They were really critical of me. Like I was like, why are they being this way? Like before, when I was not wearing the hijab, I was so fashionable. I was like, okay, obviously I was, I would always wear modest clothing, but they never really were judgmental. They like, weren't judgmental. The way yeah. they are now. So that really pushed me away. I was like, I can't do this. If this is how hijab is going to be, maybe I should just take it off and be back to what it was. Mm. But then I was like, no, it's like, am I trying to please them or Allah? The mm. main reason why you do it. And then I also used to read the translation of why where hijab is mentioned in the Quran and stuff like that. And then it just made me realize, you know, it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. So I think that also plays a factor when people around you are being so negative and judgmental. They talk about like, so they expect if you started wearing hijab, now you have to be perfect. You have to like display Islam in the most perfect way. Otherwise, you're just doing everything wrong. And I was like, this is not how it is. It's a journey. I understand you guys are comparing this to the 1400 years ago but we live in this society where like it's so tough to uh, you know manage and be on the right path so give everyone grace like please you know don't be extreme so i think that's one of the main reasons people tend to take it off the judgmental comments yeah and i think and that's insane because they think that so it just discourages the other person. Exactly. It does the complete opposite of what these people what are trying to mm-hmm. achieve, yeah. right? Like yeah. them being responsible um, for someone having to take their hijab off. That's just wrong. Right. Right. Like, And it, if you do it because of them, they'll be like, um, you had such weak faith. Like you guys, you were adding the negativity. So you were playing into it so you do end up getting the bad deeds on behalf of other person so why and islam teaches us kindness mm-hmm. uh, more than anything else so if you don't have good things to say so you shouldn't just say anything mm-hmm. but they don't understand that yeah I, and and do you think that if you weren't a public figure this would have been easier for you way easier trust me i used to say this to all when i was contemplating I wanted to take it off I was like I wish I wasn't a public figure this would have been so much easier Mm. no one would have like because friends around me are hijabis already places I go to are you know it's just easier but like even the gym that I go to because in the beginning I used to go to a mixed gym so I was like how is it gonna be because how am I gonna work out with men and stuff so there is obviously options there is a ladies only gym and stuff like that but even if i had male coaches everyone was so supportive Mm -hmm. but it's just that you know your audience they get very critical and judgmental yeah i think that was the main reason that really was pushing me away Hmm. i also want to understand that you know taking the hijab 
what does that mean what does hijab mean yeah. right and if one starts doing the hijab um how does that affect other areas of li- your life so for example if you know in the way that you interact with some male people male. in your life mm-hmm. right um once you start taking that hijab what does that do to that okay you know yeah i understand yeah i feel um everyone has their own kind of definition of what hijab exactly is mm-hmm. but me personally I, i obviously did some research um but mainly it is one of the commands in it's written in the quran and it's like literally is mentioned like in one of the verse so the reason people wear it is because it's like a command from allah like the things he asked us to do you follow it if yeah. you don't like you know so i just went for it i was like you know it's a command so why are we just not doing it and the one other reason that kind of led me to it was um when you die as a female you're covered more than a male is you are you have like more coverage right so i was like obviously and then obviously when we pray we are completely covered from head to toe so i made a d- decision like i should wear clothes that wherever i am in those clothes i'm e- able to pray because you know my head is covered mm-hmm. so when we're doing the salat that's what i mean so that kind of led me to it because it's a command from allah and you can't just you know keep avoiding it for because you might die anytime like then what you know then you don't want to regret go that's when you're covering yourself for the first time so that's the main reason i went for it and then after umrah like i said i was more spiritual so i really felt that connection with the hijab the way your life kind of transforms is i don't know how it is like if you're working in a corporate area area or stuff like that but for me it was a bit difficult because of the industry i'm in it's creators so much glamour and i'm in dubai so the area that i like for example i go to events a lot so i get invited to events where and it's beauty events and over there every single girl looks gorgeous with her hair done and makeup done and like wearing beautiful outfits so in the first few months of me starting the hijab i used to feel like i'm missing out you know because i used to go to these events with my fully hair done and stuff and then i used to feel like you know i just didn't feel beautiful for a while because for some reason i just felt my hair out just looks way better you know so i was also like going through that phase but eventually um like i said i made peace with it like why am i just like going away from what i was supposed to do and then male figures i mean not really i didn't feel a big difference okay. yeah like mm-hmm. i uh, like hugging them no i don't anyway like mm-hmm. no hugs anyway with strangers um and i feel like i don't really interact with a lot of men in yeah, general because yeah. of my uh, work the thing i do is like beauty i don't really have male around me mm-hmm. but like let's say gym for example that's where that's the only place where i have male interaction and it was chill it was like okay you know but i feel like you do receive more respect from men compared to when you're not where over here especially like arab men and like in this culture i feel like as soon as they see you with the hijab like they're very more respectful of you they're like giving you more way they don't enter the elevator before you like they let you go and things like that and i notice like a major difference in the respect from men instead of like more judgmental now they they were in judgmental like mm-hmm. most women are but men were like it was a nice ex- experience like i feel like 
people take you more seriously in a way over here yeah 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 and i think it's actually kind of like more empowering yeah yeah i felt that too by the way the first time i started like completely going out with hijab and stuff i felt so confident i don't know what it was like there was a sudden confident mm-hmm. confidence in me like mm-hmm. there was some sort of a boost i was like what's happening mm-hmm. but i liked it yeah. yeah and did you also find it hard to get rid of all your content oh from all of these years because i think that's that's a very tough thing to do it was because you know you've th- that's your portfolio that's your entire career exactly. that's you know so i had that moment like i said while i was in makkah i was archiving every mm-hmm. single post oh my god there was a video i had on facebook with 16 million views <gasps> and Crazy. i had to <laughs> delete it not even archive because mm-hmm. on facebook there wasn't really op- an option of archive so that 15 million view video like hurt but then i was like you know what it's fine it's fine it's not worth it because mm-hmm. also these mu- videos have music and then i'm beautifying myself so much i was like you know what it's just forget yeah, you about fe- it you i think you felt disconnected from that yes. person anyway yeah like because yeah. you, you had changed internally yeah so you don't even kind of identify as that person anymore, anymore yeah. yeah so but like i said i was my iman was really high mm-hmm. back in umrah time and as i started coming back to normal life now i was like oh okay. no yeah you know what have i done how am i going to get campaigns how will brand see me like what have i done so i brought back a few videos not because of i was missing them but because i thought you know brands should be able to see the work that i've done in the past but then it um, also my followers <laughs> really they attacked me so much mm-hmm. they would be like oh your videos are back now soon your hijab will be off and i was like bro don't do this like i'm already struggling it's a journey i feel okay i don't know like again sorry if this offends anyone like i mean i don't know what the exact islamic ruling would be on this but i just want to ask like so it's a journey right so at one point like you're not taking the hijab yeah. and then you decide to take it and some people decide to ease into it okay they slowly, start taking slowly slowly acha you know bahar nikle kabhi karna shuru kar diya kabhi kisi ke samne ki slowly uh-huh. right and then they eventually make that decision mm-hmm. like some people do it cold turkey and some that people like me. ease yeah, ease into yeah. it right so so i want to understand is it actually absolutely necessary to cover to erase that oh journey right because now you're doing it right. because i've seen people like Who especially don't. yeah like there are people like especially um reverts yeah right so what they do is or uh, yeah, they yeah, they yeah. they have that journey there mm-hmm. and then they convert and then they start taking the hijab, hijab. and all of that is there oh yeah yeah so i mean i feel the, like this is a bit uh, personal mm-hmm. i feel yeah me personally i didn't feel comfortable okay. i was like people will then know how she looks like without her okay. job number one mm-hmm. and number two i was like um this is also the factor of death kind of you know when you die all your obviously things that are not in your control like for example my pictures that are in other people's videos mm-hmm. or my interviews and stuff i can't do anything i can't ask everyone to delete this right but whatever was in my control i wanted to kind of get rid of it mm-hmm. be like you know no one really has the access to see me without hijab mm-hmm. unless it's my husband brother father you know mm-hmm. so that's why i was like you know what it's just not worth it although it hurt a lot to archive every single like your success your achievements i like, can't imagine <laughs> it, it was so difficult hard. but yeah. i know a lot of girls who don't mm-hmm. and i think 
like I said, it's a personal preference. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know, but I think it's a journey, and I yeah. think it's okay. And maybe eventually, at some point, yes. they don't feel comfortable, and they can they later remove like remove it. Mm-hmm. And I've also seen like I feel like hijab is actually a very personal thing. Yeah. So it's about like because I've seen some people who, for example, in their a lot of the times, like mostly they will take the hijab. Yeah. Um. Pretty much always, mm-hmm. except maybe when it's a shadi yeah. or like it's an event. So mm-hmm. it's very confusing. Like, right. is that okay? Is that not okay? Where I just feel like again, it's a very personal thing. It's maybe personal it is okay. Thing. Maybe yeah. it's not okay. I don't know. Right. So I think it 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 also really depends on like everyone's intention behind exactly why they're taking it in the right. first place. Like this so, reminds me. One of my friend told me this, and it just hit in my mind I was like that's so true like you wearing the hijab or you praying or you doing your duties that Allah has asked you to personally it's on you like you are going to be answerable to God for this mm-hmm. like in your grave this should not affect the next person like it really shouldn't matter to another person okay if you're really worried about me you can come and guide me nicer like a kind person should because that's what our prophet taught us kindness is like the most important thing you can't be like judgmental and be like oh because your one hair is showing that's impossible you can't say like that that's the funny part right nobody like yeah when you weren't covering nobody would come and say that your hijabi or tumhara ek baal nazar it's it's like why yeah yeah like you make there's no logic there no you're just yeah. being extremist and yeah. extremism is just not good in any factor no, no. so uh, my friend uh, i spoke to her and she was like you know these things are just like for you mm-hmm. and you're answerable to god like your prayers your hijab whatever your fasting but what affects others is your behavior. How are you treating other people? This is how they're going to remember you. So always remember, like, just because you're covering yourself, blah, 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 it doesn't make you better than anyone else. The way you treat them, the way you talk to them, make them feel, this is what's more important. And this is how most non-Muslims revert to Islam because of our behaviors like our hospitality what our religion teaches us imagine we go and tell them like you drink or you have tattoos you're going to hell they're going to be like this religion is scary but the only way they are invited into Islam is they always I know people who have reverted and they're like we fell in love with the way you guys treat like non-Muslims or people in general so that's what's most important and I believe every Muslim should learn that you know instead of like judging everyone being so harsh like try to better yourself and be a kind human in general and that's how you will actually invite more people to the right path yeah I also read a hadith um, in which you know the holy prophet وسلم, he said that even though he was the main preacher of the religion he said that preaching is not something you should be doing all the time mm-hmm. and he didn't choose to do it all the time he yeah. said you have to pick and choose and see when's a good time yeah. to talk to this person and and say this thing he said yeah. because if you're going to preach all the time you're just going to push them away even For more sure, yeah. right so even when you're teaching your kids if you're going to correct them all the time they're just going to move further yeah. away from exactly. whatever you're trying to teach them yeah yeah so it's it's not like you can't do it in this judgmental way no. or pick one people and you know tell them how they should be living their life exactly. especially in things that are so personal For sure. like if it's something that affects the next person in any way then it's something that you know you have to take a you know hard look yeah. at yourself like you know 
it's affecting other people but the hijab it's between you and god yes. your namaz it's between you and exactly. god your roza all of these things exactly um so yeah i mean it's just i i just wish we were more accepting yeah. uh, and empathy goes like a long way you don't understand what people are going through mm-hmm. so just have like i remember one of my follower she would constantly send me hate because i was actually going through that phase when i was like contemplating so i wouldn't really wear the hijab properly proper proper like cover fully so she would be like hmm now soon one hair is showing and now this now neck and this is and i was like why would you say this thing mm-hmm. this is kind of demotivating instead you could be nice and kind and not be this harsh mm-hmm. and like our religion teaches us to be if you want to advise someone you have to advise privately kindly with wisdom and you know like you said not all the time be yeah. like oh you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but it's there's okay. a way to yeah. do it yeah. at the end of the day i feel like the more you struggle in a way like the more your reward is higher so every time i would struggle or have that phase where i'm like you know like good things like in islam in general a believer is tested so i felt these as to be my tests and i was like inshallah i'm getting rewarded for this yeah i'm yeah. sure you are i'm sure you will because what you've done it's like it's such a big thing especially being a public figure yeah. your struggle was higher and uh, yeah. obviously allah taala sees that i hope and inshallah. in the same things that you were probably fearful of losing exactly he's going to reward you yeah uh, a lot of good i mean honestly i shouldn't be like so uh, remembering all the bad things there were like thousands of girls who were so motivating like they were, they would motivate me they would say you know when you leave something for allah he rewards you with something better so those things really you know helped me as well So yeah that's true we all have those moments but alhamdulillah yeah. yeah and it's been a year it's been a year yeah so i mean that's amazing mashallah so fast i can't believe it mm-hmm. i mean now i can't and this is a funny thing you can't once you start wearing it it's kind of impossible to leave the house without it like i actually see when i was going through that phase i tried to leave the house and be like you know what i'll go out and see how it feels i couldn't uh, it pulls you back itself yeah, yeah yeah i couldn't i was like no no what am i doing you know like allah is still watching right mm-hmm. who am i even trying to deceive yeah but you just can't like even when i leave my house just to go get something from my car i have to put on a hijab and leave mm-hmm. so yeah it's Yeah, I think it quickly becomes it part becomes of a your, part of you, your yeah. identity. Yeah. And how do you think that you know, so obviously you have changed inside and then you wore it, mm-hmm. but then how did wearing it change you from the inside? Wearing it made me more modest than I already was. Mm-hmm. I mean, back then like okay, my clothing was modest, but I would feel now it's just more modest. I got rid of like thousands of clothes mm-hmm. which were just not giving anymore you know at that time so this is one thing from outside i felt that as soon as i wore my hijab i completely changed my full wardrobe and style <laughs> yeah. and then because kind of you're imp- representing islam because now everyone knows this girl is wearing a hijab she has to be a muslim mm-hmm. that adds like a bit of a responsibility on you so you want to make sure your actions match yeah, right yeah. so i try to be even nicer i've always i've tried to be nice <laughs> to people anyway mm-hmm. but especially if it's a non-muslim i try to be you know more so that it shows how islam is this yeah. is my religion and this is how we people are so i try to be uh, like i represent islam more nicely mm-hmm. as much as i can i talk about it to people 
um yeah i think and just modesty in general like hijab is like a whole thing right not just a piece of cloth on you try to be regular in my prayers sometimes i would end up missing you know but now i it's like my focus like yeah. i don't want to miss my yeah. prayers yeah. things like that so modesty overall in everything okay and last question related to hijab okay. is that do you think that people started perceiving you differently and treating you differently like a few non muslims had weird reactions when i first mm-hmm. first started they were like were you forced into it are you getting married mm-hmm. you know cuz some people thought if you get married you're no but like i mean like so for example mm-hmm. if you would meet someone for the first time and you weren't wearing a hijab yeah. so they would be different as compared to now because now you wear the hijab so when you meet them for the first time do you think it's different No, I think it's okay. completely the same. Okay. Like I think the mo- main reason that plays into it is because I already live in a Muslim country. Right, like yeah. So maybe if I was in a European country it might be different, but mm. right I feel like no, it's completely the same. Actually, like I said, with men I feel they're more respectful towards mm. you and they don't try to like flirt or anything. Mm. They're just there is a barrier which I like cuz I don't want anyone like yeah. that, you know. <laughs> and what about like friends? So, you know, aisa hota hai kabhi kabhi ke you make a decision like this so then people are kind of like ye to bahut change ho gayi hai. Hum iske samne shayad ye nahi kar sakte, wo nahi kar sakte. Like, you know, sometimes people do that. True. Did you feel like that? Actually, I don't think so cuz mm-hmm. most of my close friends that I have they're already hijabis, mm-hmm. the girls and they actually kind of helped me into like, right. you know, cuz I was talking to one of my friends, I was like, I want to get married. So when I get married, what am I going to do? She was like, you know, don't think too much about the future. Like think of it mm-hmm. now. So my friends were really nice. They helped me through it. Mm-hmm. And male friends, they congratulated me. Mm-hmm. So overall everyone was supportive Allah made it easy yes for yeah. sure and he gave you that support through yes, all of these people as well yeah and yeah. my family my dad was so happy uh-huh. my mom was also very happy yeah yeah i think it's great uh, yeah. i contemplate about it as well myself yeah. but then i'm just like it's hard it is hard for yeah. sure yeah but like i said you know like for a believer this world is supposed to be hard yeah you know? yeah that's the so whole point that's and the, whole the temptations point. are that's the whole point right so yeah my friend gave me this like mm-hmm. every single time you wear hijab and you go mm-hmm. out it's kind of like a little jihad because you're yeah. doing this in the way of allah yeah so yeah. you know that those things always play in my head and i was like you know what this is good like if i die like this it's good (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're thinking about the bigger picture the bigger one yeah yeah because i was like at the end of the day one day my instagram is hacked or whatever then what you know same thing someone will delete all my videos anyway so why am i even so so worried so attached exactly everything i try very hard to always detach myself from all these worldly things like material stuff bag Mm -hmm. shoes instagram whatever (laughs) yeah so yeah it's It's a test like I said like a Muslim is musafir they say right mm-hmm. uh, traveler in this dunya and he just has to go his main destination yeah that's what everyone that should, should aim be, for that's the focus exactly uh, that should be so um so you were from Pakistan yes uh, you're a Pakistani in UAE mm-hmm. and you're a content creator as well how does your desiness <laughs> yeah. your identity as a pakistani affect that what is it like to be a desi content creator in an arab country it is a bit tricky honestly okay because obviously it's an arab country the main language mainly is arabic so being a pakistani um it can be a bit tricky although we have a lot of multinational like uh, there's a lot of different 
nationalities living here in Dubai, and I love that. It's a very multinational country. But once you get into any industry, you understand how it works. Mm-hmm. And mainly it's, um, what's the word, like overpowered or no, like the main people in charge are like Arabs, of course. So these CEOs or marketing managers and stuff like that. So in order to like make your mark over here, it took a while. Mm-hmm. So for example, a girl who has maybe let's say much lesser followers than me, but she's Arab and she speaks in Arabic, can get better opportunities than me, a person who's speaking in English, Urdu, um, but higher number of followers. So it can be a bit tricky, but you have to like really work hard, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. make your own mark here, make your place here. Because obviously they expect, they want to reach the audience, which is Arabic speaking as well, like Saudi, yeah, UAE, yeah. Emirati. But I feel like a lot of brands, they tend to forget that there are a lot of Indian Pakistanis who actually buy stuff as well. Yeah. So they tend to think that maybe we're not going to buy stuff. But trust me, like, they do my followers are mainly desis of course and because they love me they're gonna buy whatever i promote or talk about because they trust me so i think you know it really took me a while to start working with brands over here i started working with international brands before i was able to work with brands from the uae yeah yeah because they just didn't really trust that whole follower thing but eventually alhamdulillah once i made my own brand and my own stuff I could show them also like look these are my followers who buy like I launched a perfume with another brand and my perfume sold out the first time the mm-hmm. first batch mm-hmm. so that really showed you know like they see do buy stuff <laughs> yeah so alhamdulillah but um, eventually I made my mark got awards and stuff like that so now they understand that now I feel like a lot of they do have a easier way because now also Indian and Pakistani people are in charge in different positions like yeah, marketing yeah, influencer yeah. marketing so then they try to take people like them like I recently went to Thailand and the person who took me to Thailand was she was a Pakistani so she works in the company so she knows that Pakistani power is like you know like it works so alhamdulillah now yeah. it's it's much better and but it took me a while it took a lot of hard work to reach this moment yeah and i think now like they've also realized brands and agencies have realized that there's a huge pakistani and indian market exactly. in this country you exactly. can't ignore them it's no. a great population that mm-hmm. is obviously buying yeah. <laughs> either this or that. that you can't sort of ignore them no. or pretend they're not there there's such a huge market that can actually benefit you exactly. and then you need the influencers and you need the people who they connect with yeah like yeah. representation representation exactly. yeah and and most arab influencers they speak mostly in uh, arabic arabic as yeah. well so they, they don't even reach out to this market so exactly. you can't say okay, okay if there's an arab influencer they're reaching out to a pakistani indian market anyway so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter like right. you know they're going to do that job for us as well but they don't do that mostly no. they just you know continue to speak in arabic exactly yeah which obviously makes space for you, you yeah. know, people like you um, who can then reach out to Pakistani and Indian exactly. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because Pakistani Indian people can't even understand what they're the saying. Arabic, exactly. Yeah, and now with, I think, so many Europeans moving to UAE, yeah. the market is just going to grow for everyone. For everyone, yeah, for sure. Because again, they also can't understand Arabic. Arabic. Yeah. So they need more people who speak English and cater to all yeah. these people yeah yeah and 
I've also noticed that lots and lots of like European influencers are also moving here. Oh, okay. I yeah. Oh, so many oh European God. and American, mostly European. Okay. Like they're just like moving here right. because they're also like excited about you know tax free, tax free, this that and mm-hmm. safety, oh, safety. Although, but but honestly, you know, we have to give this to Dubai and UAE in general, like the most safe country ever. ever. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. For girls, especially, you know how it is. Yeah. Um, I feel like the only reason I am the way I am, obviously my parents also let me do everything with so much freedom is because I lived here. Mm. You know, so a lot of people, they can't, girls want to do stuff, but they can't because of the different countries they live in. And the parents, obviously they have the right to be scared. Like we can't let our daughter do this or that, whatever. But my parents were able to do it because I lived here in Dubai and Dubai has given us, or UAE in general, has given us this safe space and so many rights for just women, which is amazing. Which honestly. is amazing, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't think you find that anywhere no. else. Like yeah. one time my car got um, stuck in a place and I was with my mom only and we both are like women. Obviously we were like in the situation, what to do? <laughs> Called my dad, no one's answering brother not answering so i called the police he came in like two minutes and helped me get my car mm-hmm. out so yeah. fast so helpful yeah. so i think these things can't happen anywhere in the world they'll take you non they won't take you seriously they'll be like okay whatever yeah. you know yeah yeah and that's why everybody says now na? habibi come, come to, to the dubai <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure. and now way too many people are coming to oh dubai God, yeah. <laughs> guys please don't come to dubai thanks it's full already we're good yeah <laughs> All right. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, Manal? I, um, let me think. I feel like for women, I have this thing. I'm very passionate about like, I'm, okay. I'm a feminist, I would say, but not in that way. But because mm-hmm. even our, I feel like our religion is the most feminist religion. Oh, ever. yeah. Super progressive. I love it. Yeah. So the more I learn about it, the more I realize our religion has given us so many rights as women. So I honestly urge women to learn their own value through religion. You will know your religion has given you so much worth yeah. and you are so valuable. It teaches, it never stopped you from working because Hazrat Khadija was a trader herself. Um, just try to learn, uh, forget about the cultural and traditional toxic misogynistic things that they've instilled into you and try to learn about you yourself as a female, the values that our religion has taught us for women because this will help you in the long run as a mother, as a wife, to be or if you're already a wife learn about your rights because these things are really important and our parents also didn't know better so you this is your own duty like you need to learn about this stuff yeah from what i learned about women from islam was that islam gave women a lot of rights for sure a lot of rights Mm -hmm. and less responsibility oh very less and what women like today tend to see is that you know things that were not given to them as a responsibility they're saying hey why am i not doing this exactly am i weak and that's not the reason in fact it's that i feel like you know when allah ta'ala decided to remove responsibility from women the idea wasn't that that they're weak or they can't it's because you know like even in umrah it's like they can just walk while men have to to like run run, right It's because when God, when Allah Ta'ala made women and he sent women down, he already gave them a lot to deal with. Exactly. Their whole being 
has comes with a lot, a lot. that they have to go through mm-hmm. right men don't have that no right they ha- they they come here and all their challenges are kind of external, external all right. challenges that women have are within them within. they are internal and if we're going to start putting those external challenges on women as well exactly. then that's not fair to them and i think and that's the thing the balance between the feminine and masculine energy in this world is like upside down upside down sure. right now right like it's just that what we're doing is that again those responsibility and i think that is why god wanted to protect women exactly. from these responsibilities right. because he knew that once women started taking them those upon themselves yeah nobody's going to look after no, them they will be expected to perform exactly. in those areas right. as well mm-hmm. right like okay fine you want to take this responsibility then do it right right nobody's going to care what they're doing you know what they're going through exactly. like even like in islam i don't know how true this is but i've heard this that like even like when you're breastfeeding it's such a difficult and thing to do uh it's so time consuming yeah. that if you want to take an allowance from your husband it's for doing true. it yeah it's true then he's supposed to give it to exactly. you exactly yeah so it it's just that you have already been given been given so much you need to do mm-hmm. right and yeah. if allah did no, if imagine if allah gave us all this other responsibility exactly. as well would like would no we can't as a female i mean think about your cycle every month you're already yes. going through this yes i mean you only have like two days which are good yeah otherwise throughout the month you're going through that emotional and, and men would walk all over you then okay exactly. this is your responsibility to yeah, do yeah. this too exactly. you know and do that too like so i feel like all the things that the rights and responsibilities that allah taala gave us were not his his idea wasn't that women are weak, weak the no. idea was that women already have a lot and they're very empowered already exactly and like, they are always gifted for every single thing that they are already like responsible for for example yeah. islam doesn't even ask us as a wife to cook and clean nothing no no not the even only that thing is, like you just teach your children how to be better humans mm-hmm. so imagine if you're busy working and doing everything else who's going to take care of the children you know so i feel like that's why islam is like the only religion that's the closest to nature and very feminist very progressive yes. as well yes. yeah and like there's so many little things in islam like we're not expected to perform perform mm-hmm. household duties or literally do anything right um literally nothing mm-hmm. like whenever i look into what women should be doing it's like nothing <laughs> there's nothing there it's yeah. all for like men, men for men for men even when it comes to the hijab actually yeah. so there's an incident where um prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was with one of his companions yeah. and there was this woman uh who they came across while they were walking mm-hmm. and she was like you know she was like all dressed, dressed up, up you know showing off and everything uh so hazur sallam didn't ask her to cover up to cover up yeah. he asked him to lower his exactly. gaze so i so from what i've heard hijab is first applied to men men then applied to women yes. so in everything even in hijab it's applied to men, men first. first everything is like everything. no the men have to do this mm-hmm. the men have to do that men have to do this 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 there's very few things that women are women yeah. are supposed to do exactly. because it's all already right in there you know i mean even before you get married you're given like the mahar which is like a gift for your wedding you can ask for anything there's literally no limit to it but our society the misogynistic mm-hmm. one cuz obviously rules are made by men mm-hmm. so they were like you know what why are women getting all of this let's change it up but you can ask for even like whatever you want you can ask for 
tons of gold, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, you're right, right? So it's not because you're a gold digger. It's because this right was given to you as a gift. You know your value. This yeah. is why I said in Islam, women have a lot of value. So learn that so that when you eventually get married or you're already a mother or whatever, you would know what to think of yourself. You're no less. You're like up there. Up there. And and you know, like it's crazy. You know how you said yeah, you're just supposed to like teach your kids the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like what an honor. Exactly. That's what Allah Ta'ala wanted us to do mm-hmm. as women. And I think just the sad part in this entire thing, and it came from the West mainly. Yeah, for sure. Is that, you know, you're that this is not of value. Mm-hmm. This is doesn't have a lot of words. Yeah. But that's not true. That's not true. You're yeah. bringing up a new generation. So because of you, another generation yeah. is going to be brought up. Yeah. And that's why Jannat is in the feet of your mother. Yeah. That is another honor. Like, yeah. come on. And then besides all this, it's not like if, you know, if Allah Dala didn't give us certain responsibilities, it's not like he's also stopped us from them. Yeah. So we can go out we and can. work. Yeah. Right. If that's what we want. Exactly. If we're looking for financial independence, we have been given that right. Exactly. Um, and so many others, like they're countless. And even little things like, you know, the fact that we as Muslim women, we are not supposed to take our husband's name. Yeah, which for some reason our society does. It actually came from the West. West, The the concept of, you know, Mrs. This and Mrs. Mm -hmm. That, it's not Islamic. Islamic, It's not. So you're, so in Islam, the bloodline is the most important thing. Father. And your blood is like from your father. Um, Even like sometimes they take their mom's name. Even that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but not your Your husband husband, because he's, because it's not about who's paying the bills. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's about your lineage. Exactly. Yeah. And if you do end up taking your husband's name, it's like when you say like Mrs., your husband's name, it's like your own identity is gone. Like, where's you? Yeah, where's you? But in Islam, it's not that Yeah, because your identity is actually your bloodline, your lineage. Right. So it's not about, oh, your dad owns your identity. Yeah. In this case, you're saying your husband is your identity. But in that case, you're not saying your dad is your identity. You're Mm -hmm. saying your identity is your DNA. Right. It's who you are, your bloodline, your lineage. Exactly. So it's just the way that all of this has been like, misconstrued like even when it comes to hijab which is seen as like a sign of oppression mm-hmm. no I don't while it's supposed yeah. to be like your free right like whether you want to take yeah. it or not again it's like you between you and your God. faith and allah yeah. it's actually meant to protect women not 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 just in a way that it protects you from like men, men. like yeah. <laughs> it protects you from uh basically it protects you from a lot of issues that we see in the world today. So, for right. example, like um, body image issues yeah. or like beauty standards mm-hmm. or, you know, all of these problems that yeah. we're having, these objectification, yes. sexuality and just the fact that, you know, when you are covered and when you lose clothing, lose clothing everything, you are presenting yourself beyond beauty. You're saying, hey. I'm a person and I'm more than just the way I look. Exactly. And I have to be taken seriously for who I am, um, what my thoughts are, how qualified I am. Not so basically, the way I look. Not the right. way I look. So it's essentially protecting the woman from being reduced to her looks only. Looks only. And her body. Bec- and yeah. Because that's what the world has now done, reduced women to you know objectifies them reduce them to their sexuality Mm. or how the way that they look or the way that they behave exactly islam purely protected you from that that. not from like you know not oppressed you okay 
तुम अपने आप को छुपाओ बिकॉज यू नो द मैन कान कीप इट इन इट्स इट्स नॉट नॉट एज सिली I have this mm-hmm. uh, you know authority who gets to see me mm-hmm. so now men outside if i'm going they don't see me that way because i haven't given this opportunity to them mm-hmm. so if i want to like beautify myself and then every other guy is looking at me it's like that's also on me right that's my own i'm giving them this authority so now when i don't show them this it makes me feel more empowered as like you know only i get to decide who gets to see me mm-hmm. with my hair open or with my you know tight clothing or whatever so that also at the end makes you feel empowered and that's why because our religion teaches us this and this is why like i said i just want women to understand their value mm-hmm. in terms of islam and you'll understand how valuable you are you're not just like ghar ka kaam and saas ki dance sunna like none of that please you know yeah. so that's the most important i message. think that's a very beautiful thought and i'm so glad you touched upon that because clearly i had feelings about it too <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for coming for doing this so much me. fun yeah me too um i hope we can stay in touch i hope Inshallah. i can have you over again at some point for later sure. yeah definitely um and uh I hope that you enjoyed it. I did. I yeah. loved it so much. It I didn't even feel the time pass and it's been like 2 hours already. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Happy Chirp. I hope that you guys learned something from it, enjoyed it, got to know a bit more about Manal. Um her thoughts, I thought they were beautiful, they were wonderful. I could connect to her on so many levels. She has some wonderful things to share. I love the way you talk. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh yeah, don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you again next time. Allah Hafiz.